6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. And I'd really love to hear from you if you have been uh, an oil sands worker or you're married to one, uh, you, you have a family member who has been flying in and out of uh, the work camps, because there's a new report out that looks into the mental health and the well-being of those workers, and it suggests that a lot more needs to be done to help them with the stress that comes from living in work camps. Dr. Sarah Doro is a sociologist at the University of Alberta and co-author of the report. She joins us now. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. I, I'm curious to know why it was. I know that you've been doing uh, studies on, uh, on the oil sands and, and the folks who work up there on and off for a number of years now. So what was it that pushed you to say, okay, we need to take a look at the, the impact on, on mental health uh, and, this, and the social aspect of it uh, for, for this study? I'm, I'm curious to know the background. Yeah, thanks for asking. I mean, I think that the impetus of the project is really important. Um, it came, you know, my, my growing interest and concern about sort of stress and strain on uh, of fly and fly out, right, on on workers, uh, came out of years of in, in, in interviewing hundreds of such workers in work camps up in the oil sands, and and realizing that we were behind in Canada in really taking a closer look at at what those impacts were, how they were experienced. Uh, what kind of implications they had for people's lives and how they might be mitigated. Um, and then a few years ago, Valerie O'Leary, who is uh, my, my co-investigator on this project, um, had, who is a critical incident stress manager, uh, sorry, critical incident stress management responder, um, she approached me and said, I hear about your work and you're interested in this and so am I as a practitioner. And so we together um, came up with this, this project as a way to at least kickstart uh, a more concerted set of research efforts in Canada. So you um, you followed or you, you talked to about 72 oil sands, wor- oil sands workers uh, between uh, 2019, 2020. There were follow-up interviews done as well. But uh, these workers were were in the camps for how long? Like, was it like six days? Was it 21 days? Was it a month? How long typically were they uh, in one of those work sites? It, it really varied, actually, um, and this was, I think, an, an important piece of the study. Uh, so the 72 participants were in a systematic survey. Um, the survey took an, uh, up to an hour and a half to complete uh, an in-person survey. So it was really rich data, um, you know, through a, a survey that covered a whole range of questions around mental health and use of health services. And we did ask about rotation, among other things. And so rotation schedules varied, um, and we ended up sort of dividing them as you do when you have quantitative research um, into two categories. Those who were in rotations that took them home just one to three days, um, meaning they weren't work from anyone from six to 20 days, um, versus those who were on rotations that were more even, right, where mm-hmm. they were home for seven to 14 days and were usually at the health center about the same amount of time. Was, was there a difference in the mental health and, and, the, and the concerns indicated between those two groups? Yes, um, it's kind of mixed results in a really interesting way so that uh, a rotation does make a difference, but that really has to be looked at in relation to what kind of family situation people are in. So, for example, people who were on six and one, for example, or ten and three, or ten and uh, four, sorry, where they were 
you know, rushing home sometimes during like just a two or three day sort of, uh, you know, off work uh, rotation schedule. Uh, if they had young kids at home, for example, that is going to be a, just an impossible thing to try to get home if you're driving, you know, eight hours to get back home uh, and then try to spend some time with family and then turn around and drive back eight hours for your for the, for, for the, your next rotation cycle. Uh, and so family situation really makes a difference to that. Um, but our findings do suggest, and this does echo what's been found in some much larger studies in Australia, for example, that uh, having longer time at home and having a more even rotation schedule, um, let's say you're on 7 and 7 or 14 and 14, but that's going to be an easier mm. um, schedule in terms of stress and strain on, on individuals, but also on the family. And, and that was one of the biggest things that the study found, in fact, was one of the biggest stressors was, in fact, being away from family and trying to juggle things if something goes wrong, uh, just just being having that distance in between the worker and, and family is really, really difficult. Yes, it is. And that, that was the number one sort of source of stress. It was close to 90% of participants who indicated some or a lot of stress um, from that time away from family. Uh, and it, it is. It's a very, you know, there's the difficulty of keeping relationships going or even establishing them if you're trying to do that. Um, there's the, the, the kind of transition between the two modes. And, and people don't talk about that as much, and I think need to, which is, often, not, not always, but flying flight workers can feel like they have kind of different selves, their work self and their home self. Mm. And you have to kind of switch modes. Every, we do that every day in sort of more quote-unquote regular work. But when it's that intense, where you're intensively, you know, in a place and you're there only to work for weeks on end, and then you're going home and have to sort of switch modes, that can be quite, um, quite, um, quite a strain, right? For both the individual worker and sometimes for the family members too. Um, and then there's a fear of missing out, right, mm. which which is not uncommon to hear about as well, missing family events or being worried about being able to leave in the case of a health emergency or some other crisis at home. What did you find when it came to people accessing mental health services? Was there the ability to do so, number one, number two, were people willing to say, hey, you know what, I need some help trying to figure out how to balance all of this. My company offers something, so I'm going to take them up on it. What did you find? Uh, well, we found some really interesting pieces there, so I'm, I'm glad you're asking because I think this tells us um, quite a bit, or at least raises some new important questions. So we were really surprised to learn that for um, health in general, whether physical or mental health, that uh, half of workers were said they were not likely to use the services offered at site um, mm. or in camp. Um, and, and that was in, driven in part by their concern that that might come back to bite them in some way, that um, having some kind of health issue or being known as or suspected of having a health issue, um, you know, or if something was found, right, mm-hmm. that that might mean they weren't called back for a job or it might mean they were, the reputational damage would, would come around some, in some way. I should say that most of our participants were uh, contracted workers and so um, didn't have the kind of permanent um, position that some fly-and-flight workers have if they work directly for operators. So I think that helped contribute to that culture of sort of mistrust of support and some lack of trust that employers did really want to emphasize and and, uh, support mental health. 
On the other hand, we found that quite a high percentage were, in fact, um, taking advantage of and using mental health um, information or counseling or medication. They were mostly accessing those services back home, um, uh, potentially through their union, um, and to some through the employer, um, through EFAP, um, uh, sort of uh, assistance uh, through the Human Resources Office. Um, but it was, I think what's important, one thing to note is that, you know, there were a lot were using mental health supports, um, but since we know that people tend to under-report uh, right, mental health um, concerns, um, that it does raise the question of, okay, how many people are, in fact, sort of quietly struggling with uh, various kinds of forms of anxiety, depression, uh, work-related stress, family-related stress, et cetera. Dr. Sarah Doro joining me this afternoon. Uh, Dr. Doro is a sociologist at the University of Alberta and uh, was a co-author of this report into fly-in, fly-out, oil sand. Uh, workers. Dr. Doro, curious to know if you found any dramatic difference between male employees and female employees and what they reported with, with their concerns and what they were dealing with in, in camp. Yeah, um, you know, we were really pleased, or I, I should say, um, uh, you know, happy to see that we had an, what we might call an overrepresentation of women who participated in the survey. In other words, we had a higher percentage of, of tradeswomen in the survey than are actually in the workforce. Um, and that allowed us to really sort of look carefully at, at some of the, the gender issues. Um, and I would point to a few things with regard to the women who participated. Um, and I should say that across the board, men and women were both quite into their work, right? They really enjoyed doing their trade. They were proud of their trade, right? They they mm-hmm. really found satisfaction in using it. But for women, they were facing discrimination and harassment, and, and um, it was uh, quite a significantly higher percentage of women than men who reported encountering uh, discrimination. Uh, it was two-thirds of the women who participated who, who said they encountered some kind of you know, gender uh, discrimination or sexual harassment. And it was everything from sort of subtle, you know, uh, joking uh, to, uh, to more sort of serious concerns about, about a glass ceiling or about um, uh, different treatment. Um, they also, interestingly, uh, were reporting uh, much poorer sleep than men in camp. Mm. And so before I let you go, we, you know, there's a lot of information here and some, some really interesting findings. What can, we, what can be done with this now? What would you like to see happen? I think that has to begin actually with it not just being turned over to one player or another, but I think it will take multiple stakeholders involved. And we do say that it's one of the first things we, we indicate in our recommendations section. Um, I mean, government has a part to play in terms of um, sort of mandating, uh, per, you know, particular um, practices, um, one uh, and, and policies, right, around rotation schedules, for example, or around camp conditions. Um, employers have, of course, a huge role to play in everything from, you know, how many of those counseling sessions do they have built into their human resources package, and do they need to increase them, and look at alternative forms, right, Mm -hmm. um, of delivery of mental health supports. Um, Also, just looking at rotation schedules, camp conditions, uh, and um, the the fly-and-fly-out sort of uh, coverage, right, of travel, and say, what can we do to actually relieve the stress of this? And depending in part on people's particular family situation and how far away they live, all of those considerations. Um, And I think unions and community organizations as well 
uh, and in terms of what kinds of mental health preventative training and education can be done not only in their own organizations but um, but working with industry to mm. to really make sure that mental health supports and training are um, and awareness is are built into the safety culture up there um, in a way that it's it's normalized and it's 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 okay to talk about it and to seek support in a trusted third party way. Mm. Dr. Dora, we'll leave it there this afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. I appreciate it. No, I'm really glad to have been here. Thank you.